Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Little with my friend here, Alfonso Rachel. And uh, we've been doing, uh, last week we did a set of shows that weren't really two partners so much as mirror images of the other. Mm. We did one on uh, perseverance and the other one on perfectionism. And we thought, well, I got a good response. Let's try it again. And we just, uh, first show that we did for this week on The Virtue Signal is about honor. And the second one that we're going to do now is about shame. And honor and shame are two things that in proportion... And in balance, like everything else, provide for kind of the optimum human society, ultimate pursuit of happiness. The most happy people that you can get come from societies where good behavior is assumed to be going to happen and bad behavior is frowned upon, to say the least. We live in, you know, there's, a, there's an expression that used to really mean something. And 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 it was a and it wasn't an ironic term. When you said that somebody was shameless, it it really was an indication that there was something not only missing from them but almost something inhuman. You know, like that is a shameless thing to do. Now it's like, oh, I'm shamelessly promoting this, and I'm shamelessly, you know, shame is important. Shame can be obviously like everything else. I guess the lesson of the show is moderation pretty much in virtually everything. But but without shame, then you you have no internal restraints on bad behavior. Let me rephrase that. Without honor, you have no internal restraints on bad behavior. Without shame, you have no external restraints on bad behavior. And one of the things that seems to be true is if you subsidize something, you're going to get more of it. And we are subsidizing a world where the entire idea of being ashamed of anything is anathema. It's like, it's, 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 it's worse than murder. Bill, you know, Bill Burr, uh, we mentioned Bill Burr in the last episode, but Norm um, McDonald, may he rest in peace, was talking about this and he was saying he heard somebody say that, you know, the whole Bill Cosby thing, you know, with the with the, the drugging people and, 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 you know, all of that. He said, uh, Norm MacDonald said, I heard somebody talking about and saying, oh, the, the worst part of this is the hypocrisy. And Norm said, to me, the worst part of it was the rape. And I thought, clarity, you mm. know, clarity. So... Where do we go from here with this thing about shame, though? I mean, shame has been used unfairly, and whenever people talk about a world where they want to banish shame, and a lot of a lot of progressives do because they want to do whatever they want to whenever they want to, so they demonize shame as something as nothing but evil. And we'll get to the overuse of shame in a minute, but what happens in a world with no shame? Yeah, and as, as we started this, I kind of chuckled a little bit because Robert Byrd crept back into my head talking about shame. Is it, oh, I man. Got the, I've got the pistol at home, man. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll put you right out of the misery, just like I yeah. said last time. He haunts me, man. It's like, ugh. But uh, you're right, man. We're, we're, um, we're in a... I guess a generation has been for a long time, and, and this thing comes in cycles. You know, we're, we're just revisiting it again. And um, where, where shameless acts are, I mean, are taken as audacious, you know, um, it's brave. It's, it's, you know, courageous to do something shameful and then try to promote the narrative that this isn't something to be ashamed of or anything like that. Uh, and people, 
it, and, and what really drives me nuts is when people try to lean on scripture and say that doesn't your word say that you shouldn't judge? Who are you to shame me or anything like that? And this is a cherry picking of scripture because, you know, and you also mentioned hypocrisy uh, because that's what the full context of it is. It's not about judging per se. It's about pointing out hypocrisy, you know, yank that plank out of your own eye before trying to pull the splinter out of mine. You know, so it's, you know, but people will take these things and they'll pervert them to, to satisfy their own narrative. And we're looking at today and we're seeing that being shameful is something to be rewarded. Uh, whether you're going to get a pat on the back of, of, oh, you can't judge. And, but the thing about that is shame doesn't go away. Shame is displaced right? Shame is always going to be here. It's, it's like the weather. It may be, it may be normally cold here when they try to make these things about climate change, stuff like that. It's like, no, the cold weather don't go away. It just may be a little bit colder over here while it's warm over here, but that's going to move right back around and we're still going to have cold or warm weather and we're still going to have shame. But what so the world- It's just displacing it's just shame. It's displacing. not eliminating. The shame is on us now. So it's, there's no shame in deciding that you want to forfeit your manhood. They'll throw a parade for you for that. You want to go ahead and uh, um, even, even in California, the, I mean, the policies that are coming around for, for uh, that are that are putting lax on on sexual perversions and stuff like that is coming around where there's a displacement of shame. Take the shame off of them. Put it on us. Make up things for to, to make us be ashamed of. That's and, right. And that's even, right. That's right. And even that, that's, that's fashionable. exactly right. Even that's, that's right. fashionable. Bill. That's that's woke. That's the fashion of the day. So but the but the real shameful thing, though, is. How do we let that get? How do we let that get here? That's something to really be ashamed of. No, that's exactly right. Ultimately, this is and this is one of the benefits of shame. I mean, the entire purpose of shame, presumably, is to correct behavior by having you realize that there are consequences to doing things that you shouldn't be doing mm. and uh, making your life worse. And yes, ultimately, the responsibility for everything that's going wrong in the country belongs on our shoulders. We allow it to happen. Nobody came with guns and tanks, and and, and nobody put a gun to his head, and our heads, and nobody locked us in dungeons. We allowed it to happen. And if you don't like the sound of that, I don't either. But nevertheless, there it is. Mm. But but this elimination of, of, of shame, to me, is predicated on the antithesis of what shame is predicated on. The entire reason that, that you would have shame as a societal construct, in order to have shame, you have to have an understanding that there is a right and a wrong. It, shame is the is the punishment for doing things that we consider to be bad or evil or wrong. But if you live in a world with no standards whatsoever, where there is no moral, there is no moral standard, no moral absolutes, everything's relative, no wonder shame becomes archaic. Hmm. The entire, the, the predication of the idea of shame and sh causing somebody shame is, is that is that this is the price you pay for doing something that is not only destructive to you, but destructive to all of us as well. I often, I often re wrestle a little bit with the difference between shame and guilt. And I always come back to this idea that guilt is something internal and shame is something external. Uh, guilt is something I did something in, in the dark of night, you know, and nobody else knows about it but me and I'm guilty about it. Shame is doing something that you know that is wrong on an external basis. Other people will approve this, God will disapprove of it, whatever the case may be. But you can't, but you can't designate something as shameful behavior unless you've got a standard by which to measure this as being bad, wrong, evil, uh, destructive. And, and so it seems like the elimination of shame only happens when you eliminate the entire 
idea of right and wrong. Yeah, man. And you know, the thing is, the dynamic of shame, we were created without that. You know, Adam, Adam and Eve could walk around in the garden yep. butt naked, man. No shame. No shame. But, but this, and this was God's policy. He's like, look, man, you guys will never have to know the weight of shame. You guys got, you know, you're, you're gainfully employed. You got the best health care plan. When you guys want to take a vacation, the, the universe is your backyard. You live in a, you live in a garden, for God's sake. You're yeah. on perpetual vacation. Yeah. And you never have to come to work. Yeah. It's like we'll you're, just you're, mail you the checks. Right. Go right. have fun. Your, your job is basically like a holiday. You guys got work. But, you know, I mean, but, think, but the thing is, like I said, you're not subjective to the law. You're not subjected to the laws of nature. You're above the laws of gravity. You're above the laws of time and space dimensions. You're above the laws of decay. All those things. Those things do not apply to all. But, but here's the thing. You have to adhere to the moral law. Right. So you get all this. And all I'm going to ask you is this. Don't eat from that tree. That's all. That's all. Now, I reckon, Bill, if you were able to make a policy like that, I think you would be pretty mad, really mad, and be like, man, you don't have enough behind for me to kick to go against my policy on this. I'm going to take this out on everybody. You had one job. You had one job. Yeah. Right? You had all this, and all I asked for was this, and you couldn't hang with that? Yeah. We're going to take shame. I'm going to show you shame. Right. You're going to be embarrassed to death over this one. You know what I'm saying? You are really going to want to hide in the ground for how ashamed you are of what you've done. So, you know, th that's the thing that's and right now we're living in an age. I see these things just coming right back around in the circle where shame, the dynamic of shame. And there's a healthy degree of shame that is something that mankind wants to say doesn't apply to him. I can do whatever I want and not be right. ashamed of it. I will make it legal for me th to, for me to be able to do these things. I am as a God to it, myself. Exactly. That's where we are. I am, I'm answerable to no one. There are yes. no external standards that I must apply to myself. I can do... This is progressivism in a nutshell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Modern liberalism. I should be able to do whatever I want to, whenever I want to, without any consequences whatsoever, but... Mm. If somebody does something that I don't like or offends me, then that has to be ruthlessly suppressed. Yes. Yes. And that's it's all about ego and self-centeredness and narcissism. Yes, exactly, man. And, and you know, folks, I, I hope they take a lesson from from narcissists, man. It's like, you know, as we're you know, we just get caught up. So get caught up with ourselves, man, and almost staring into that black pool of our iPhones as we idolize ourselves and stuff like that. Yeah. You're drowning that, man. You know, we're, we're, we're wasting our way. Our, our, it's like our soul is just, you know, going Harry Carey. That's what the, that's <clears throat> what the smartphone is, isn't it? It's the ultimate mirror. Mm -hmm. It's the perfect perpetual mirror. Not only do I get to admire myself, I get to admire myself and freeze that moment in time and share it with everybody. Here I am mm -hmm. on the beach in wherever I am with my beautiful friends <laughs> enjoying this cocktail. Ka-chink! Yeah. Look at my magnificent reflection, and now I get to share it with all of you too. That's what a, that's what a smart device is. is it's, it's a mirror that doesn't just gratify you, but it's something you use to further gratify yourself by sharing the magnificence of your reflection with everybody else. And this is how you get the Facebook effect and the Instagram effect mm -hmm. of, of young people, mostly young women, but, but young people feeling like they have to commit suicide or cover themselves in tattoos or do anything necessary to gain attention because everything they see out there on Instagram and Facebook is beautiful people having wonderful time mm -hmm. at the nicest place in the world. And here I am stuck in my dump of an apartment all by myself. Shaming people. 
Right. And even just what you just mentioned, you know, people having these things and there's there's the shame of not being able to keep up with the Joneses. How come my life ain't like that and all that sort of stuff. And then people using these this technology to shame other people. It's, it's weird how we have a culture that that frowns so much upon shaming and they're the worst offenders of it. And yep. we've got all this wonderful technology, man, only to be more effective at doing shameful things with it. You know, it's our ability to communicate with each other and this is what we do. And, you know, and the thing is we've been warned about this. You know, we we all basically, the world speaks one language now. We basically speak the language of binary code, right? Mm -hmm. We're all speaking one language. We're back to the tower, all right? And every, and what does it say about the tower? Let us make a name for ourselves. What's people trying to do today? Trying to make a name for themselves with this global communication that we have. And a lot of this communication is trying to be used to disprove what God has already said. So even in terms of shame, communication, all these things, the, uh, uh, what people assume that they can create themselves as, create themselves. You can't create yourself. You can't recreate yourself. You know, yes. all these things Absolutely. fly in the face of the very first pages of the word of God that was already told to us. It's like, dude, this is this is what it is. And this is what you're going to do with it. You have no excuse to do it, but you're going to do it. Well, you and I, I'm, I'm, I'm older than you uh, by half a century, something like that. <laughs> but I realize more and more that because society is in, in a period of so much flux, it, it's not because of me as often as I think it is. But, but the beginning of my life in 1959 and, and where I am now in 2021 has seen enormous changes, enormous changes, not just in technological advancement, just in, in enormous changes in moral behavior and what's considered to be, you know, right and good and so on. Some of these changes have been good. Um, my dad was certainly a lot more racist than I am. And and so there there are some things that are that are definitely better. But let's go back to this kind of this kind of this primal shame, which is usually in its most stringent form about sexual misbehavior. Now, I know this is going to come as a shock to a lot of people, and I hope we don't lose too many members over this, but I have actually seen pictures of naked women that weren't my wife. Mm. Uh, and, um, and when I was a, a wee lad, that consisted of a friend who had a copy of a Playboy magazine, and then you might head over there and maybe on a sleepover late at night when you were sure the parents were in bed, you might pull this out from the secret hiding place that your friend had and you may get to look at these things and you know you're not supposed to and you know that if somebody comes in and catches you, you're in trouble and all the rest of it. But it was it was forbidden and that was sort of the appeal of it. But these, these smart devices are not just mirrors, they're windows. Mm. And anybody at any age now has... Forget about parental guardianship and, and, you know, no. Anybody at any age has the ability to see the most egregious forms of pornography endlessly. And, and you have to wonder if, if you provide an orchard of, of temptation to people, not just a tree, an orchard to the horizon... And, you, and furthermore, you're, you're not telling people, no, you shouldn't eat this thing. You're saying, no, no it's all yours. Go, go for it. Uh, we, you're going to get some bad results out of this. This was shameful for a reason. And even though I violated that uh, shameful stricture, as most uh, young 
uh, men do. I knew it was I knew it was shameful when it happened because I didn't go around saying, "Hey, hey, mom, dad, look what I found." You know, uh, I, I don't really know where I'm going with this, honestly, as usual. But I do know that that there is something dreadfully wrong with with children, especially being exposed to things that that children are not capable of handling. And this is why, this is why things like that were proscribed by shame from children. Children are not supposed to be reading dirty magazines. Remember when they called dirty magazines? Never <laughs> hear that term anymore. They're not supposed to be reading them because, because there's these are things that they're not capable of coping with yet. And if they get into this water, bad things are going to happen because they're not capable of dealing with them as adults. And so all of those restrictions are gone now. And being a porn star is now a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the crown of your resume. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brave and, and sexually liberated and, and all that all sort of, of stuff, that. man. You know, and, um, I didn't, I myself, I guess to a degree, you know, we can, I, I could associate porn with, with, with shame only in that, you know, you weren't supposed to do it, but it was one of those things where it's like, and I, I think I saw more porn as a kid than I did as an adult. That's how accessible porn was even when I was, when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the thing is, you know, it's one of those things where, hey, it's art. That's how it's promoted in the culture. And it's, it's, you know, it's something that people do naturally anyway. And as long as it's done tastefully, you know, it's what's wrong with it. And I didn't, I didn't, I never had like an addiction or it was like one of those things where I fiended to watch porn, but I didn't have a problem with it, if that, if that makes sense. And I remember when I was getting, uh, you know, together with my wife and, you know, and I guess the subject of porn came up and, and I, long story short, it's like, yeah, I don't really have a problem with it. And my wife was like, um, you don't have a problem with watching women and being turned on by women who have been sexually abused. Usually they go into these fields because they have been sexually molested. Uh, they that, have that used to be, and I'm not, I'm not trying mm. to interrupt you, but I'm trying to get to the heart of something mm. here. That used to be absolutely the case. Mm. Absolutely. But, but in the, in the last 10 years or so, there is no stigma associated with it. It's mm. no longer the domain. I'm not trying to say that that, that people who are professional porn stars are, are well-adjusted folks. Mm. That's certainly still true. But but the but this is kind of where I'm going with this is that 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 idea that 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 what your wife was saying is that these these women had usually been sexually sexually abused and brutalized and all the rest of it was a result of the fact that this was such an off off-limits uh, behavior and occupation mm. that only damaged people did it. And and this is rapidly disappearing. I mean, how long has this idea of sexting been around, right? Where where mm. where teenagers are sending are sending basically pornographic pictures of themselves to each other. This is no longer the domain of of of, of poor brutalized women who are ask acting out of a sense of destroyed self-worth and so it's 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 way past that now sure yeah, but, i mean the narrative now well they're doing this because they're just trying to you know pay for their their way through harvard uh but the thing is but if we're talking about shame that is when i associated shame with porn because right. it's like yeah there's something really wrong with getting excited about that because it's these, slave labor in a way isn't it, it is you know and, yeah. and and for whatever and for for the women who end up going into these fields and 
And even if they are, you know, women who haven't been subjected, who just want to have the pride, they're definitely damaged now. So, you know, in that, I'm like thinking, ugh, yeah, I, I don't want to be that guy that is turned on by, you know, actresses and actors who have who experienced certain things that gave them this mindset and this is where they're going to be. And, and nowadays, I mean, people, you got, what is that, you porn and whatever ch uh, channels that they, and they could just go ahead. That's their side hustle now. <laughs> and for some reason, they want to go ahead and display themselves in these acts and and dismiss what is shameful. It's like, I'm not going to be ashamed of this. When it is totally shameful, that's not for other people to see. You know, and 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 we're hey, we're we're, we're red-blooded men. If there's one thing that we dig, it's the sight and sound of a woman being pleasured. We love the female anatomy. We love all that stuff. But dang it, if you're not married to it, you ain't got no business seeing it. Well, okay. now we're on to it. Now we're on to because this is really the the reason why. This is the reason why we said earlier you got one job, anything you want, perfect health plan. Don't eat mm. from the tree. Well, I'm gonna. This is mm. this is the fault in the human heart is that mm. things that are forbidden are things that are attractive. And, and, and one of the, one of the things that's often leveled, in fact, perpetually leveled against conservatives is that they're hypocritical because they say that they should do these things and sometimes they lapse. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't be a hypocrite unless you have standards to violate in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that's the nice thing about not having any standards is you can't be hypocritical because you don't have anything to be hypocritical about. If a, if a, uh, if a pastor of a church uh, commits adultery, then that's hypocritical because he's lecturing against that. If Bill Clinton does it, then he's Bill Clinton. <laughs> well, so how does the saying go, man? If the if the left is, uh, if the left didn't have any double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, so double standards. The idea of double standards is essentially the idea of no standards, and the idea of no standards is the idea of no shame. Yes, and. And in fact, in effect, if people think that these things are total freedom or if they're free from shame or anything like that, well, you, you would basically have lawlessness. You know, I mean, there, there are people, <clears throat> I guess, you know, if they want to call it nihilism or, or anything like that, where just people say, I should be able to do whatever I want. And as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else and there's nothing to be ashamed of or anything like that. Well, it's once again, who, who lays the statutes for that? Um, you know, the, the Bible says something like pretty, something pretty strange. It says that the power of sin is basically Torah. It's like Torah is the thing and, and Torah is basically the law. So it's like, it's, it's like, Hey, Paul, are you saying that if we didn't have the law, everything would be great? Cause we could just go ahead and sin. It's like, nah, man, don't get it twisted. What I'm telling you is that just like you said, you have to have like some sort of moral standard, but now that you understand that this is wrong. This is wrong if you do this. And if you violate this, well, there's no excuse because we had an understanding. You're in violation of the policy. Contract, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, so that's that's where we are. But you you have to have a sense of consequence. It's not, it's not an intrusion or a subtraction of free will just because there's consequences, because you have the choice, you have the sovereign choice to understand if this is going to be worth the risk or the reward. And and understand that what you may be doing is something to be ashamed of, and there will be consequences if you do it anyway. That's still a free will choice. If there were no free will choice, that means that, well, the things that you would want to enjoy to doing, well, that means that somebody could enjoy doing to you without your mm -hmm. permission. They got the free will to do that. They got the freedom, and there's no consequence. I don't think people would like that done to them. So there should be this degree of you know what, I might not want to do that because that would be shameful. And people are doing these things, like even when you talked about um, counterfeit. Man, are we falling for what's counterfeit or what? 
doesn't matter what it is, counterfeit boobs on counterfeit men to, to counterfeit meat. We're taking a cabbage and we want to make it taste like steak. You know, it's like, why are we doing all these things? Why are people so caught up with artificial things? When we have a culture that seems, claims to be so all about nature, it's like you're lying to yourselves. This ain't natural. None of this stuff that y'all are doing natural. And it's shameful how you're deceiving our, yourselves and are trying to catch up us, catch us up into your deception. Now, there is, of course, a dark side to shame, a, a, a case where shame is uh, employed mercilessly and cruelly to, um, to punish people who may not really deserve it. In fact, that's an interesting term. Uh, the Victorians, uh, in, in London especially, were notoriously cruel. You know, I mean, you had a rank, horrible poverty. Children, chimney sweeps, all of, all of this nightmare, this horror. And women simply could not get divorced from, from men because it was... Shameful. If you were a single mom, you were you were anathema. You were you were outcast. But but the Victorians had an interesting concept, and 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 they had a term that we never hear anymore, and they, and it was called the deserving poor. Mm. And what that basically okay. meant was, if you were a woman who who was married to your husband, decided just get divorced, and and and, and now I, I fully understand that that means you couldn't get divorced even if the husband's beating you and all the rest of this stuff. But if you basically made a decision to get divorced, then you're a single mom, and that's anathema. If you had a child out of wedlock, that's anathema, and and the big shame thing came down and hit you. But the Victorians had something that, as I said, called the deserving poor, and they made they made what they considered to be an exception. And I can understand the internal logic of this. They would say, now on the other hand, if you've got a young mother with two or three kids, and her husband is killed in a war fighting for king and country. She still is destitute, but she is she is worthy of she's deserving of aid because she's the this is the deserving poor. These are people who were who were crippled in an industrial accident or something. These are people who who were entitled to charity because they had not done anything shameful to lock them out of 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 this sense of charity. Now this shame burden falls a lot more heavily on women. One of the one of the the the, the driving forces of feminism, and, I, and one I happen to personally agree with to, to a large degree is, okay, so if a, if a 16-year-old girl has premarital sex, then she's a slut, but if a 16-year-old boy has premarital sex, then that's my boy. <laughs> and and there's a, there is a great deal of injustice, genuine injustice there, and, and, and I, see, I see the unfairness of that, and I'm not defending that. But shame can be used in, in a... In a in a, a cruel fashion, and now you really do get into what is actual hypocrisy, and that is this kind of person who you don't see much anymore because shame has largely vanished, but the kind of holier-than-thou kind of person, you know what I mean? It's like, you should be punished for this, and you should be punished for that, and that's a transgression, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. I am absolutely snow-white perfection, moral perfection, and I'm going to use this as a bludgeon to uh, to smash everybody. That idea of... of of punishing people for things that they are not accountable for is where shame goes off the rails as being something useful and be something extremely destructive. Yeah, and you know, and that, that goes back to what you were saying about the dynamic between the young girl and the young boy and, you know, and who's having sex. Um, if men, and 
you know, we'll be among those who'll be like, you know, we'll view this person as a person who couldn't obviously wait till they were married or anything like that. Well, if you're going to impose that standard onto a, a girl, well, then you kind of have to set the example. And where as it is right now in the, in the so-called sexual liberation, you have women that want the same kind of dynamic concerning their sexuality as men. They despise men. But they want to be able to have the, the sexual liberty that men do, where they can go and have sex and, and not be stigmatized for it. The and the birth control are. pill is what changed everything. That's what made this. That's what made the consequences of what was formerly prescribed behavior no longer consequences. Indeed, and that and, and abortion, obviously. And that's and that's the new agent. That's that was just another tool that made it happen. I mean, once again, this goes in cycles. You know, because a lot of this stuff is tied. This is this is ancient, man. When you have the Asherah poles and the poles of Asterisk and, and, and uh, goddess worship and stuff like that, it was honor. It was an honorable profession for women to be temple prostitutes and stuff like that. So that was considered an honorable profession. There was no shame attached to it, per se. But, you know, and we're back into this cycle again. The Asherah poles will return. We got stripper clubs all over the place. Women dancing around poles. OK, we're back there with men looking up to them as idols and making their sacrifices to them. We're back oh, there man. again. That's you know what I'm really saying? deep. That's really profound. That really is. So is is like I said, but we go we go in cycles with these things. The, the the Bible is just this this big book of saying, yeah, you guys are doing this again. You might not want to do that. You're doing it again, you know? So when we when we look at this this shame that we got going on, man, you know, of of the stuff that people keep repeating, um like I said, it's shameful in itself that we just kind of keep doing these things over and over again. And, and like I said, with the with the uh, with the boys, you know, putting this stigma on the girls, even the Lord himself, man, the, the, God doesn't play that kind of hypocrisy. God's like, look, I am not going to impose any law on you, any stigma on you, any shame on you that I would not take on myself. So for, for guys, before you go looking at a, at a woman and, and accusing her of, a, of, a, of being a slut because she had sex, well, where were you? Did you wait? You know, did you set the example of how a, a woman should behave? So the Lord himself is like, who not only answers to the law, who is the law and does, doesn't even exempt himself. It's like, look, man, I will come on and t I will come and take that shame. I'm going to get hung on this cross, but naked to take the shame of what you guys did. Yeah, the lowest form of punishment, you know, mm. the, the the absolute for the lowest criminal. And to be fair, mm. which is always my intention anyway, if it's mm. not what I always achieve, it's certainly my intention. To say that it was hypocritical to say that a woman was a slut and a guy was just a guy, when that kind of premarital sex was proscribed by shame, you usually found something called the shotgun wedding, right? Which is, <laughs> okay... So you basically took my daughter into a barn and now she's pregnant and you're 15 and she's 15 and you are going to get your stuff and we're going down to the church and you're going to marry this person because that is, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't a get out of jail free card for males when it was, when it was being enforced justly. Mm. And it's like, um, you know, I, I don't know, man, the whole, the, it, it does seem like, um, you know, the whole shotgun wedding thing, you know, that might be a, that might have some redeeming value to it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that, that just brings us to the stories of like, you know, when you, when you, when your daughter brings the guy to the house and, 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 and dad's like, you know, cleaning his gun. Hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> I think well, it says it all right it'll here. Increase, it'll increase shotgun sales. And that's always a good thing. No matter, no matter what, uh, whatever happens. Uh, this show is, you know, is, is extemporaneous, obviously. And, and, uh, 
And, and that's why I think it works. So um, we hope that you enjoyed these conversations. We know that many of you do. And uh, when we had our big membership drive in the beginning of uh, last year, one of the reasons we said we wanted to do this was we wanted to bring our friend Alfonso Rachel back out uh, into the world of commentary because he'd been basically, he was the first guy I knew who was actually banned, banned from YouTube. Like, no, we, you're too dangerous. You're too, you're too dangerous to our ideas. So we're going to just plain shut you off. But now he's back and, and we're doing these shows. And that's because of a, a number of people stepped up and, and, Game members, and we're very grateful to all of you for it. Uh, me, uh, probably more than anybody, because I learned so much from these shows. Anyway, that'll do it for this edition of The Virtue Signal, made possible by the citizen producers at BillWhittle.com, and we will see you next time right here on The Virtue Signal. Mm-hmm.